0: I just want to say Happy New Year. We kicked 2020 out the door and have said hello to 2021. So um, welcome again to Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie. I am your host, Sarah Sin, or Sin for short. And here with me, as always, is my minion of evil and my partner in crime, Nathaniel. Hi, everybody. And again, on our show, uh, we talk horror movies and not just what we like about them, what we don't like about them, or just analyze them. We try to bring in the element of horror movies and history and how they tend to reflect and reflect the spheres. We also try to bring in mental health and psychology and see how a movie represents mental health in any way or how a horror movie or horror movies in general can be therapeutic. So this month, January, we're actually focusing on Robert Englund and movies that are not Nightmare on Elm Street, although he is amazing as Freddy Krueger, we absolutely love him. Mm -hmm. But, however, he is also a man in movies and so many other movies. The man is just an all around amazing actor. So we're focusing on other movies that he does a fantastic job in this Mm -hmm. month. So I don't know. So our movie today is actually one I absolutely love and have been begging begging Darcy and Joe Bob to put on Last Drive-In, is 1995's The Mangler. Mm -hmm. I remember watching this with my girlfriends in seventh grade at a sleepover, so it kind of means a lot to me. Directed by, again, um, well, Toby Hooper, who a lot of people know him as for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's directed many other movies. And we got, of course, Robert Englund as Mr. Gartley. Uh, Again, I'm going to mess up on this. Ted Levine as John Hutton, or I just call him Johnny because that's what they call him in the movie. Mm-hmm. And i have not even practiced the, saying these names beforehand. Daniel Matmore as Mark Jackson. Vanessa Pike as Sherry Ulett, Dimitri, Dimitri Phillips as Stanner, He's the foreman. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Crutchley as they put him down as JJJ Picture Man. So I'll just picture man if I ever talk about him. And Lisa Morris as Lynn Sue. So just to start out a little bit, um, for horror history, um, the one thing I picked out or that we both talked about a little was, um, the dynamics between the working class and the rich, right? It definitely shows the dynamics between, well, those two classes, how the rich treat the working class, um, abusive abuse, of, abuse, ugh, abuse of power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of corruption in the town. Cause even officer Hunton even says that the town is dirty. So there's corruption in the town, and the lengths people will go for power is kind of there. Mm -hmm. And then I put in for, um, and there's probably more I didn't catch, but we'll probably talk about it later because I usually catch on later on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But for psychology and mental health, again, there's some serious ethical issues and professional issues that are in boundaries that are being crossed, inappropriate relationships between boss and employee. I would say exploitation. I think is the right word for Lin Sue, Mr. Gartley against Lin Sue, because that's kind of how she got the job. Yeah. So I want to say exploitation is the right word. I might be wrong. And then there's anxiety. There's guilt, lack of empathy and obsession, like obsession with power. So those Mm. are some of the few that I caught on to. Again, probably more, but we always catch them later on
1: Mm.
0: when we start talking. Anything you caught on to that I, I missed or?
2: Uh, no, that pretty much, uh, that more or less web, uh, makes sense. Um, as far as uh, there's a, there's some interesting dichotomy about, uh, I don't even know if it's necessarily employer employee or the way, or even wealth and class as much as it's, there's a sense of morality, uh, and immorality. Mm-hmm. Um, because what, uh, one of the things that, um, the movie isn't actually that clear on until probably like the last act is the girl, the, the main girl, uh, so to speak in this film, um, is Vanessa Pike's, uh, Sherry Ouellette mm-hmm. is the niece of, uh, Robert Englund's character. Mr. And, Bradley. Yeah. Um, and so I found myself wondering why she was even working like actual laundry and not just, uh, being, uh, privileged um but it's uh so i mean there's that element too that she's wealthy she comes from a wealthy family but she's actually working class as you know working uh so there's a little bit of subversion in ter- in terms of discussing class in this movie um but we definitely get the get that from our main two characters our hero and our villain
1: uh-huh.
2: uh we have a working class cop versus uh a billionaire we don't assume a billionaire, I guess. How one becomes a billionaire owning a laundry facility. Uh but nonetheless he does. Um and uh so there's that. Um in terms of that, there's the but there's also the morality of like the elite versus the non elite. Mm-hmm. Um that's the way I looked at it, at any rate, was uh but at the same time, you know, our, even our, uh, occult expert next door neighbor, um, Jackson, Jackson mm-hmm. is not exactly, uh, is not exactly elite either, but it has the most information. Um,
0: I think he's a professor. I know he's a professor in the in the story. Cause this is like the one movie I actually read the story to.
2: I haven't read that story and fr- I've read it, but uh, years and years ago, um, But the thing I mainly remember about the story is that it doesn't have an ending. It it ends with them going off to attempt the exorcism and we don't know what happens. Um,
0: Yeah. And and Sherry isn't a big character in the book. She's actually just a real explanation that she's just working there. There's no, um, yeah, she's a very small character in the book. Yeah. But actually between the book and the movie, they they followed actually the book pretty, pretty well. I actually was reading the book because I watched the movie in sections and I was reading the book in those sections. Yeah. And they actually took dialogue from the book. So it was kind of cool for me to catch on to that. I actually, mm-hmm. the whole book has notes. This whole story has notes and like highlighted now. <laughs> I was taking notes along the way. I was like, huh, yeah. this is cool.
1: Yeah.
0: So, but we, we find out actually later on why Shay was working there. So. The picture man has a book and has newspaper clippings that states all. There it is. All the girls of pe- the daughters of the rich were sacrificed on her 16th birthday, and that's when they call Sherry, and go, Sherry, are you six or how old are you? And right. she said, I just turned 16. Today's my birthday. Right. So I think that's why she was working there was because she was the next to be sacrificed to.
2: Well, yeah, that's that's clear in the plot, but but uh, she didn't have to be working there to get sacrificed to the machine. True. Uh, in fact, that when they go to sacrifice her to the machine, she's not on the clock.
0: Oh, that's true. But they yeah. needed her blood for the spell.
2: Yeah, but they could have found that elsewhere too. But um, yes, yeah, but it's, but yes, um, but yeah. I mean that there is that uh, that she was kept close, I suppose. But yeah. Um, but it, what what kind of works for me with that? Uh, uh, where I'm thinking with that is is the idea of again it's it's not so much about class it's about power Um, i would say so yeah she as a 16 year old girl um i mean in reality the reason why she works there is because it's necessary for the movie to progress Um, right yeah she has to witness the other deaths in order for this to to go on Mm um and i love the fact that this movie um uh, keeps finding out finding ways for people to put their hands in a machine <laughs> um nobody nobody uh even like the by the time the foreman's like sticking his hand in I'm like why what do you, you know for a fact this thing eats people but he still sh- sticks his hand in it um yeah. but I, I so i mean i i love this movie for how kind of how ridiculous it is um and uh it's it was a lot of fun to watch i hadn't seen it in years um so I watched it again last night, and I uh, I, I really enjoyed it um, for its for its silliness. Um, it, but in, it, yes, in terms of uh, you know we have to we all have to make sacrifices. You know, like uh, yeah, that what you have here is is a, a notion of um, an almost sociopathic lack of concern for the working class or the less the less powerful. Um right. I mean our first main victim is a little old lady I know. the most popular apparently the most popular person at the at the laundry facility. Um who again uh sticks her hand into a machine for no particular reason. But um but the idea well, she's is she's getting that, her pills. Yeah, she's but she had more pills. She had more pills. Um <laughs> the uh but and i mean yes of course the technically the ideas we're also there's an element of this film about uh workplace efficiency and workplace um safety Mm -hmm. um and it's a very it's a it's a throwaway scene but they have the the technician show up and he's like yeah safety bar is still working and so the guy who like uh the judge basically says oh it was then who cares Uh, yeah it was just an
0: accidental
2: (laughs) yeah we're accidental death we're not talking about this anymore Right. Uh while the detectives like still there like looking at the the body. Like the body's like hasn't even left yet. Right. Um and God. it's like but yeah, so there's this idea of of uh the the, the corners that get cut in the name of progress and in the name of uh of finance. Uh in a way that we that uh has a a wealthy man who do, doesn't care what happens to his employees.
0: And... No, he really doesn't. When Miss Frawley dies, he of course I mean my notes are all over the place.
1: Mm. He even
0: says something like, Get back to work. Yeah. Like yeah. as she's pulled through the machine, he's like, Rah, get back to work, ladies, like smacking his crutches around. And I'm just like, You literally there's a lady literally being pulled through your machine. Yeah. And you're mad because the girl stopped working to try to pull her out.
1: Right. Yes. Which is
0: another thing I noticed I told you was the first thing I noticed was actually that um the the employees are women. Yes it's women and the only handful of men are either the two the man in charge which is gartley or the foreman his second in command or like two or three maintenance workers but the rest of them are women yes so i kind of noticed that i was like that's very um
2: not unusual for a uh for that type of uh factory or that type of uh location um no but still yeah but it is uh, there is a a domestic issue there of uh, of yes of, of women working in laundry um yeah. and um and and he uh, hooper i think specifically chooses uh costuming that uh that un- that highlights um kind of a part rosie the riveter uh but also part like housewife like there's mm-hmm. uh the kind of blue denim over with a uh, uh Uh, very very simple like smocks and uh uh, what's the word i'm thinking of aprons yes um meant to make them look very domestic yes um you know we have a i mean again our first victim is a little lady looks very grandmotherly she acts very grandmotherly uh there's this notion of generations of women working in this environment and the men don't get their hands dirty the men right uh, are also dressed the foreman is even dressed in a very uh not quite not quite professional way but in a, in a way of that is very reminiscent of um almost like 1950s dad like coming home from work he's got the vest on over a button-up shirt mm-hmm. um and uh is it behaves in very in very much that type of fashion we don't actually see him do any work he just yells at people pretty much um <laughs>
0: But he seems at least compassionate in some ways.
2: Uh, eventually he comes around. Yeah. It's yeah. a very, very a crucial sequence where he actually is uh saying that it needs to that they need to stop. They need to get rid of the machine.
0: Yeah. Because he even uh, says he tells Mr. Garley, he's like, You killed your own daughter. He's like we all have to make sacrifices. And yeah. that was exact that was his words to him. Like, well, we all you know, I'm just like Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm.
2: So yes, uh, there's that. there's definitely that element. There's some misogyny going on here. Um uh, you know, in sexism that uh, is definitely indicative of uh, a capitalist culture. Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even more so than the exploitation of the worker. This is the, an exploitation of women um, in that sense of of talking about laundry. Uh, women do the laundry.
0: Yeah. Not all in one day. <laughs> no. no. Takes me about three or four days to do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I wash it one day, dry it the next day, and maybe two days later I'll fold it. Yeah, if I feel like it. Yeah, but this is a no, yeah. Yeah. women do the laundry. We do the house cleaning. We do the cooking, supposedly.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although the there, and there are no women in this movie that aren't directly connected to the factory, which is interesting too. Um, they it, true yeah. because
0: in the book Johnny actually has a wife and a daughter, but yes. in this one his wife is dead. His wife had died.
2: His wife had died. Yes.
0: So yes. In um, the book, wife and daughter.
2: Yeah, and it takes it takes almost two entire acts before they actually develop any of the female characters either. Like then. Yeah. Um, and this movie's all over the place in in terms of uh, how they tell this story, but. Um, yeah. But, uh, and, and sometimes confusingly, like they cut from a nighttime scene of Johnny talking to his neighbor and then they cut to daytime at the factory
1: <laughs> and, and then
2: back to night at the, uh, and I'm like, wait, these, th- these scenes are happening simultaneously but different times of day. But, um, right. yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Um, but I did really enjoy the film. Uh, in particular, what I really enjoyed oh. about this film was, um, uh, Ted Levine. He's uh,
0: amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of a goofy performance, but it's so physical mm-hmm. and, uh, and so energetic that I was just like, this is amazing. And it took me almost the entire film to realize he was Buffalo Bill.
0: I didn't actually, know I didn't realize that until I was looking through his IMDB page yeah. and trying to see, cause I'm like, I know him from other movies, but yeah. I was just flipping through the pictures and I saw him and I was like,
1: yeah he's, he he's
0: Buffalo bill and he did a great performance there too
2: yeah he's he was Jamie gum uh, the serial killer with Buffalo Bill and sounds of the Land. yeah um, and I uh, yeah, I though most of the movie I kept being like where have I seen this guy before because I know he's I've seen him and um, and then that's when I was oh that's right he's uh, he's Jamie gum uh, yeah. this one is, is is so physical and so uh, so energetic uh, that it's 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 a pleasure to watch. He's he's so over the top in this movie. Um,
0: I think everyone's kind of over the top because even Mark is yeah. a little bit over the top in his like. I don't know knowledge of like I know he's a professor, but like how do you know all this about spells? It's kind of crazy. He must be he must be a professor in that area, yeah. is what I'm guessing. Yeah. And then you have Mr. Gartley, who's an over the top, you know, character. But I mean, Robert England plays it beautifully.
2: Yeah, oh, England Robert Englund has always been a uh always been a ham. Um mm-hmm. he's a very hammy actor. <laughs> and uh and he's and that there's definitely not any different here. Uh he's he's so uh so twisted. They put him in like old makeup to make him look even older than he was. Right. Um mm-hmm. uh I think he would have been in his fifties at the time. Um should have looked it up. Yeah. Well it was
0: nineteen ninety this was nineteen ninety four.
2: Ninety-five. Yeah, he would have been. He was. Uh, he was forty, I think, when he, he did. Because he was. He was. Yeah, he was forty by the time he had done Nightmare Four, and this was after. This was um, a.
0: Yeah. This was this was after Freddie's dead.
2: Yeah, this was after Freddie's dead. So yeah, this was it was he probably he would have been at least pushing fifty by the time okay. he did this movie.
0: I just know Ted Levine was thirty-eight because I thought it was kind of weird that at the very end, very end of the movie, he's walking in to see Sherry with a thing of flowers, and I'm like, she's sixteen. You're in your thirties.
2: I think they were supposed to be get well flowers.
0: Oh okay cuz I kind of was like is he like trying to ask her on a date cuz that's a little weird. <laughs> like, no, I mean it's just a number but still like
2: Yeah, they wouldn't let her they wouldn't let him see her at the hospital. So I think the idea was she was supposed to be bringing flowers as a, a gesture of goodwill. You
0: know, oh okay. Get okay. well get
2: well flowers.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Uh and then discovers the end of the film that she's actually become the new bad guy.
0: She, right.
2: She's she's taken the uh taken the plunge and decided to become part of the little uh uh uh, cabal of people who want to become the most powerful industrial town in the middle of Maine. Um, yeah, well she
0: was probably given a lot of money when Gartley died. So yeah, Probably inherited a lot.
2: Yeah. But, but I, but I, just, I, my, I just think it's funny that there's this like cabal of people who were like, we're going to be super, super powerful in Maine, like this like little town <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in Maine. Um,
0: probably because no one pays attention. If you think about it, a little town, no one's going to focus on it. You do, yeah. you do something like kill a bunch of people on their 16th right, but, birthday in a big city. People are going to start catching on, but a little town, they're like, eh, no yeah, one cares.
2: But, but what, what's the scope of this ultimate power they're receiving? Um, it, Probably
0: it, longevity. Immortality is what it sounds like. Not so much. Cause he even says, he says my money has nothing to do. My power has nothing to do with money.
2: Well, they suggest that, that, yes. The suggestion ultimately is that the sacrifices allow them prosperity Right. Um, I just, I, I just, but I still just think it's funny that like prosperity in a small town in the middle of nowhere in Maine, uh, <laughs> it just, it doesn't seem like the, it doesn't seem like ultimate power to me. It sounds like, it sounds pretty weak. Um, but yeah, they get their perfect little town, I guess. Um, yeah. but we don't really see that. Um, not really. No. Uh, you know, but, uh. Yeah, so it, it's sort of it's sort of an informed attribute they kind of say that that's the case um, And we certainly get the idea that Hartley uh, uh, is prosperous and uh, the only other person we see that's part of it is the doctor. We see him and in-
0: the judge I mean we always you don't yeah. see him very fast I mean you see him very quickly but he is mentioned and yeah. the one one of the girls who dies. It was yep. the judge's daughter. And then, yeah, the doctor towards the end when he waves goodbye, because I forgot who said it. I think it was, was it picture man who said, beware people with missing parts? Yeah, yeah,
2: missing fingers, like, yeah.
0: Miss, yeah, like, beware of people, people with missing parts. I just did not write down who said it. let see, doodle.
2: It was in his, uh yeah, it was in the in the uh, uh journal that he left.
0: Oh okay. The note, okay, that's he,
2: the, note he, the note he left, I believe, was beware of people missing parts. Okay. They've given they've given parts of themselves to the to uh, the mangler. To the mangler or some other
0: object, I
2: suppose. But um so I mean, so we see a couple of people that are part of this cabal, but we don't really see the outright effects of that cabal. Um why
0: it's
2: why it's such an ideal town. Um
1: i'm
0: trying to think why would it be in a small town because i definitely would not try to have power here in vermont i love vermont but right definitely not a place I would want power
2: yeah i mean okay. no, I, like i said i think that the idea is supposed to be that they have their quiet little nice town where everything is fine uh but like the movie doesn't really show us that so right. it's sort of like but it's, it's I, I, like I said, I just I thought it was a little silly that they were like, you know, oh, well, we, we'll have our, we have power here in a tiny little town in Maine that <laughs> we, nobody would really care about. Um, kind of like being the best, uh, the, the only guy in an ass-kicking contest with two legs, like, you know. But
0: Big fish in a small town. Or yeah. a small pond. That's what my mom always said. Big fish in a small pond.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe to them, that's what they like.
2: Maybe that's what they want, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean speaking of Mr. Gartley, I mean I thought Robert England did a fantastic job.
2: It's an interesting performance for sure. Yeah. Um it's uh he's very much a snarling uh evil man. Uh creepy old man. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even I mean, they just go straight out and have him be uh twisted physically as well. But, um, yeah. Uh there's no there's no uh subtlety here of who the bad guy is.
0: No, you say.
2: yeah, it's it's this guy. Um, yeah. He gets a great death scene too.
0: Oh my gosh, that great That's the other thing I loved about this movie is there's not really any CGI till the end for the Mangler machine actually walking, right, and moving. But the rest of it's all practical effects. I remember watching it as a kid, and when Miss Rowley's arm first goes through, I'm like, that is so cool! <laughs> like it looks so real. Like her bone snaps, and then she's. And then they show, like, the heap. And then they actually show Lin Su all messed up at the end and she's just, like, a ball of gross.
1: Yeah. And then
0: and then, um, Gartley gets literally folded in half and, like, yes. snapped and broken. And, like, I thought the practical effects are pretty good. That's the one thing I like about older movies is practical effects so much better than CGI. I will always say that. I'm not a fan of CGI.
2: Uh, it depends on what they're trying to get ac- accomplished. But A little um, bit
0: here and there is fine. Yeah. But-,
2: but, yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone would said that uh, you can't do, if, doing all practical effects, it doesn't really work. If you do all CGI, it doesn't really work. You kind of need a little bit of both. Yeah. And this uh, it, this film does have some pretty good uh, uh, gore effects, definitely. Um, that's and, why uh, I liked
0: it. Yeah. I remember as, like, as a teenager, I was at my friend's house, and that's why we wanted to watch it, was because it was gory.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: watching it now, I'm like, well, it's not that gory. But at the time, as a 13-year-old, Girl, we were all like, ooh. I mean, only,
2: uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a gory movie. It's just, it's not, it's just comparatively to other films, it's not as, it's not, it's not in the top 10 of gore films, but it's a pretty gory
0: no. film. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: Any movie that sees people really getting like folded in half is a pretty gory <laughs> film. Um, there's a lot of blood in this, but oh, uh, yeah. like I said, like four, four or five different people have to find a reason to stick their hand in it. Yeah. They can get, they can get uh, crushed. Yeah. Um
0: and Foreman gets his arm chopped off.
2: Yeah, yep, there's that too. He gets his arm chopped off. But wherever. in the
0: actually in the movie he dies. In the book, he just gets his he gets his arm chopped off the same exact way, like yeah. right at the last second. Mm. But survives. Yeah. But in the movie, they were like, he gets his arm chopped off and then I think it's Sherry who says like he didn't make it.
2: Yeah, he's dead, yeah. They say he's yeah, dead so
0: later. Like now Foreman's dead, like some like 'cause she's very I wasn't a big fan of Sherry's character, I gotta say I'm sorry. Like she's mm. just very anxious and nervous and i'm a very anxious nervous person but like she was like yeah she... very over the top and very like it was sometimes a little hard to watch like i felt bad for her because there's a scene towards the beginning when mrs frowley dies where she has that it's not survivor's guilt it's a guilt but she's like mm-hmm. i was she's like it's my fault it's my fault i wasn't fast enough i wasn't strong enough i couldn't pull her out it's my right. fault yeah. I'm the one who let her go through, and they're like, "No, it's not your fault, but she's like, No, it was. I mm-hmm. tried to save her, and I couldn't and I did feel really bad for her, but yeah. I always feel like I'm wondering was she anxious before then, or was she like after that it just kind of sent her over the hill like, she, over yeah the she
2: goes she goes done. from she goes from sort of sympathetic to to hysteric, yeah um, um, that like she comes across she comes apart at the uh drop of the hat. I loved when they were being chased by the mangler itself, which I didn't really need. Um, I didn't have the machine to start wandering around like a, like a monster. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't play that well. I don't think, but, uh, the, uh, but, uh, when she just starts like running back up the stairs towards the mangler, she's like, it just wants me. And he has to keep grabbing her and pulling her back. And they do it like three times that I feel like by yeah. the third time. I'm like, just let her go.
0: Yeah, I know. Just let like, her do
2: it. Just that, like, geez. Um, you know, there's a uh, a particularly lack of uh, of self awareness here going on with this young woman. That uh,
1: yeah,
0: but, I understand she's young, but still, just very yeah. She's a little yeah. Uh, I don't know. And, then, and there's that whole scene to talk to her, and she's just like it looks like she's like almost like shaking the whole time. They're trying yeah. to talk to her about what happened because they're trying to ask her if she's a virgin, and I think mm-hmm. it's Mark who just bluntly is like. You a virgin? Ass, <laughs> virgin.
2: yeah and then and her response to that is is disproportionately upset she just starts like shrieking, get out like at them and it's sort of like well
0: yeah, you like, would what? think she would
2: be she do you think she would be more confused by the question than enraged but um
0: yeah um well in the book she's actually saying she says that she's waiting for marriage she never said outright that she is right she just goes she's like oh i'm waiting for marriage mm-hmm. and they're like yeah got it and that's how it it actually was cool like comparison comparing the this like the first time i get to do something like that where i get to compare a book to a movie i was like this is cool (laughs) the part where it actually diverts the most is the ending right so in the book it's just johnny and mark who go to to take care of the um the mangler yeah and then once it pulls it pulls itself out of the concrete it kills mark and johnny runs away right
1: and then
0: goes to the martin the inspector's house and then and already broke then in the movie it breaks out and then all of a sudden disappears and leaves right. with no re- rhyme or reason and then you see sherry has taken over the machine and the one thing i did say was like between book and movie the mangler is one no matter yeah. what
1: yeah the
0: yeah. mangler wins yeah.
1: both
0: both of them it's kind of you're kind of like, oh man! Like after all that, it still wins. Oh, like what after we... everything Johnny did, the mango yeah. wins.
2: Yeah. Wait, what? I thought the mo- the story ended with them going to do the extras, and we don't see what happens. I what am I thinking of then? No. Oh, goes... uh,
0: yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of
2: I'm thinking of the story Gray Matter. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good one too. I have, I read, I have, I have night shift. So yeah,
2: yeah. Gray Matter was the one. Gray Matter is the one I'm thinking of where they they're going to confront the monster, and we don't see what happens. That's the one I'm thinking. Yeah. Not the Which man. I
0: think they did a good job on Creepshow for Gray Matter, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, they did. Throwing it out there, I thought they did a really
2: good
1: job. Yeah. It was
0: fun to watch. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. In the book, he just goes back to Mr. Martin. He falls and faints, and then Miss Martin goes to make a phone call, and he then he just says like, "It's already out." The yeah. Mangler has gone out. And then in the book, he realizes that Sherry now takes over, and the Mangler has won. That's just the one note I took, because I was like, no matter book or movie, the Mangler wins in the yep. end.
1: Yep.
0: So it's kind of like a, like a sad ending. Yeah. Well, Mary I mean, Holly,
2: Johnny's – I mean, I guess you could make it, a, make it an argument. Johnny's okay. So, I mean, he he survives.
0: Yeah, he lost down. his best friend. He doesn't have Mark anymore to cook him steak.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah how's he gonna survive how's he gonna survive know, right? without that he, he can't seem to cook so
0: <laughs> like
2: i don't think we even see the inside of his house i don't think he ever I don't think so. i think
0: you only see mark's house yeah and a lot of what mark says is very very much in the book the only another difference i saw was that in the movie they realize when he looks at the antacids that it has belladonna in it yeah and that's when he's like i think we're fucked yeah because he realizes that they have the wrong spell or the wrong exorcism because it's the wrong spell yeah and in the book, they never realize it ever. They there's just a little section where it says, "Oh, poor Mrs. Frawley. If only she had known that her antacids contained belladonna right. and like all that stuff." So that was another thing I like. The other part I actually like is that, I, that they included the icebox story a little mm. in the movie. Yeah. So in the book, the Martin, the inspector goes to see talk to Johnny about the machine and he says how he doesn't like it he's like there's something about the machine i don't like it. and he tells the story of the ice box ice box that they found dead animals in and then a dead boy yeah. and then a bunch of dead birds and he's like that ice box made me feel the same way the mangler does and then in the movie they yeah. bring it to real time with the boy that was a hard scene to watch out as a mom it's always hard to watch kids for me
2: sure i imagine yeah
0: it's very hard especially the part there's like a very quick quick part but the dog is whining the whole yeah. time. Yeah, and when they try the to bring the body away, he actually puts his hands up on the body. I noticed Like that, trying yeah. to stop him. Yeah. And it's very quick, but I'm like crying. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that poor dog. Like, right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, it was, I think people always end up feeling more sympathy for the animals than they do the human beings.
0: Yeah.
1: Home, so yeah.
0: Well, I mean, except for kids. I mean, I just can't, I don't know. It's hard yeah. with kids. I'll watch any horror movie. I really will. But yeah. Sometimes with the kids and animals—it's a little harder for me. Yeah, kill yeah. all the teenagers you want, but
1: right, yeah, don't
0: touch the dog.
1: Right, yeah, definitely. Don't touch do the dog. Yeah,
0: but that was a scene that was a little bit. I I did like that they they pulled it in instead of making it a story. They just added it yeah. very quickly. Yeah, and then they talk about the transference of evil because that was the first thing I was trying to figure out. I'm like, is it possessed by a demon? Is it the embodiment of evil, or was it like? Inhabited by a spirit, like I didn't, you know, for a while they don't really know because he's trying to figure it out. Mark's right. trying to figure it out. So the whole time you're kind of like, well, what is it? What is it? And then
2: I think yeah. I
0: really it was just the embodiment of evil
2: until well, he figures out a demon. Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just assumed it was a demon of uh, of a, a particular demon that he's never figured out which one. Uh, right,
0: because you have to figure out the name of the demon. In order yeah. to fight it
2: usually yeah well. usually in the uh in most of the lore and most uh, exorcism films it involves naming of the naming of the demon and
0: uh pretty sure that's true in catholicism
2: yeah
0: if i remember well
2: uh, i mean it comes yeah i mean some of it comes from like jesus uh the uh we are legion story of uh of jesus demanding that they you know their name and they tell him legion we are many
0: and... Right. yes but yeah, but yeah, I just, I mean, we figure out it's a demon or the beast sandwich because uh, Gartley at one point shows Lin Su the, his actual deal with the devil. Yeah. Like the thing he signs and then his blood and then. Right. So I'm wondering, I'm like, is he trying to let, have her be the next one? Because she lost her finger in the machine and then he explains to her now cause she's like, I feel weird. Something's wrong. And he's like, Oh, and then he explains to her how like part of him's in the machine and yeah. a little bit in him and that now she's, and then he shows her the um, deal with the devil. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So it was one day, I'm like, is he trying to get her? Cause eventually he is going to die. So I'm wondering if like, he's trying to like get her to be the next person to take over. Or I, th- what? I
2: think so um that certainly seems i mean like her wardrobe change and uh, generally suggests right. that she's become the next uh at the very least his partner um and uh so i mean probably i mean that seemed to be the idea that he had picked her specifically for her ambition right um like that's why he brought her up there in the first place i think was supposed to be like uh there was, I mean, they talk about it they, again. It's one of those things that isn't really brought up that much, but it's brought up at the very beginning of the film that they don't, they, the rest of the women don't like her.
0: Yeah, because Sherry says, "I don't like her." She's like, "I don't even know. Like, how did she even get this job?"
2: Right. Yeah. And then and, it's like, "I know how." Right. Um, now we
0: know.
2: But we don't. There's no implication that the that uh, they that uh, Robert Englund's character knew her prior. No. Just that he had hired her. Um, uh, and then he becomes interested in her seemingly for that reason. Like, he, she seems to be amenable to evil. Um, again, it's just one of those things. I just wish they had shown her being kind of an awful person from the word go. Um, but uh, they don't really do that. So, she's...
0: Well, I was going to say, the one time that uh, Mr. Gartley actually seems to show any kind of emotion or empathy was when Lim Su died.
1: Yes, yeah. It's like the
0: whole time she gets caught in, he's like, Lin Su, Lin Su, not my Lin Su. And he's like, seems generally as upset maybe as he can be, but he seems generally upset. And that's the one time, like one note I took was I'm like, he shows no compassion, no empathy, not even the scenes involving Lin Su. Does he show any real like care for her, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, until she dies? And that's when he shows like complete, like almost like heartbroken that she died. Yeah. So it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, does he have feelings?
2: (laughs) Certainly seems that way. Um,
0: Because he didn't care that he sacrificed his own daughter to the machine. Yeah. But he cares about this one woman when she goes through it. Because even when he sees her body, he's like, oh, like, Uh, there's something there.
2: Yeah. I mean, but he could be – you could make an argument that uh, he would be upset by anybody that he considered the loss of property. I guess. So. Um, I mean, you can make that argument. I, I choose to. I think that I choose to. I think I agree with you that it just certainly seems that he actually did, did care about this one person, um, for whatever reason. Maybe uh, a, I, I mean, even that could have been as simple as she cared for him, right? Um, you know, I, I think that there is so, definitely something to the idea of this character that I think if you really wanted to try and unpack him and try to understand him. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's this is a guy who is his, his left eye is done. Yes. Uh both his legs are crippled. Yeah. He he requires uh constant uh and then that would be the idea also that Lin that Lin Shi would uh, Lin Su would probably have to would that would be have to literally care for him. Um uh, mm-hmm. he almost certainly would not be able to do most basic things on his own. Yeah, um, he even
0: has that hole in his throat.
2: Yeah, yep, he has a tracheotomy. Yeah. Uh yeah, so both his legs are crippled, tracheotomy, uh, dead left he has eye, crutches, mm-hmm. crutches. Um, you know he's he's clearly sick. He's clearly not a physically well man. So I mean, like maybe there was something to the idea. I mean, when we uh, after Johnny comes in and yells at him and gets and then scuttles away, um, we see in the that she's actually been there the whole time. And she's actually like staying in his estate room. And so I mean there might there might be some idea that uh Right in his room. Yeah. That there might be some sort of relationship between them that is actually more than just money or power. Um again, it's not something that they spell out. They just show that he is upset when she gets mm-hmm. uh, gets the mangler treatment. She gets mangled.
0: Mangled? Mangled yeah
2: yeah people get yeah pulled in half and there we go people getting folded in half and yeah mangled mangled
0: do they explain why it's called the mangler i always wonder that because like in the both the book and the movie Mm. Mark says yeah, I know I I know what that machine is I worked at one when during my undergraduate at Berkeley and yep. he's like we called we nicknamed it the mangler and I'm like But they never explained why I mean we know why it's the mangler now it mangles right. people, but yes. Why initially is it called the mangler?
2: I think it's I think it's supposed to just to be a dangerous device
0: okay. um, uh, Even
2: though there's a, even though there's supposed to be safety equipment involved in these types of equipment um." I've worked very few industrial type jobs, but one the ones I've sort of, the ones I've been involved in, there's always the, you know, the one machine that always has a nickname. And that's usually it's the one that's, that if you don't do what you're supposed to be doing, it can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, but so, I mean, it, it's not, I mean, clearly in this case, it's, it's uh, it's a shorthand that the character had come up with. um. Right. Robert Englund certainly doesn't call it the Mangler.
0: No, no one really calls it. They call it the – I don't know what they call it. It has the actual name. But the one thing I did notice um, was that they tend to show – a lot of times when they show the Mangler, they're showing how big it is and how massive, how many gears are in it, how much pieces are to it. Right. So when they focus to the very front of it, the bar looks like a mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it opens, it almost opens like a mouth. Like when at first Miss Frawley tries to touch it, it opens very slowly and then closes. And Mm -hmm. then when she actually goes through the machine, the safety bar, like belt, actually the belt, bounces up and down, Mm -hmm. almost like it's licking its lips.
1: Right. Yeah. I just,
0: some of the things I just noticed, like it's Mm -hmm. very, a lot of it, a lot of long shots show how massive this machine is. Look how big it is. Look how many parts there is. And then on the front, it says like Hadley and Watson and then the number 6. You talked about I think of what else I want to talk about. I just love this movie. Yeah. It's just a part of it, it's like it's memories for me. Mhm. You know, it's such a memory. You're right. Of being a teenager. And I think it was one of those movies that was like it was one of those ones that was like you have to watch. One I remember man, was another one you had to watch. There was an um Dead Alive. Yeah. Those were the three that mm-hmm. yeah, I remember we're all like, it's the Goryan movies. You got to see them. Let's have a sleepover and watch them. Yeah. So we did. Mm-hmm. And we would watch those movies.
1: Well, Dead Alive so is that definitely one of one of it, it for me. For it. But yeah.
0: So, I, yeah, so with St- I know Stephen King has a lot of problems, like he talks about a lot of his adaptations. Like I know he hates Shining. Right. But, um, and I haven't read a lot of his books. Um, I haven't read a lot of his books. I know I should. It was, my, it was my mother's favorite author. Yeah. But I've only read Night Shift and It. So this was kind of fun for me to actually watch a movie where I knew the story, sure. And I reread the story, anyways. But I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job adapting it into a movie because it is right. a short story. It's only twenty pages long. Yeah. The only thing they really did was they added the backstory of why they're sacrificing to the Mangler, or like why the mangler is killing people. Yes. Yeah. Sherry's a bigger part, and then they kind of do the ending because the mm-hmm. ending really is like just the Mangler gets loose and then it ends. Right. But other than that, I mean. A lot of the dialogue's the same. They talk, you know, a lot of the dialogue that Mark talks about is the same. Mm-hmm. So when he talks about all the spells and the Christian white magic and
1: yeah,
0: all the parts that need to be needed for a spell in order for this machine to do what it does. So I'm, I liked it. Yeah, and they did a good job. Mhm. It was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read some more Stephen King. I will eventually.
1: Sure. But for definitely. the most
0: part, they did. Yeah, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, they got all the pieces. Like, the virgin blood was sherry. The easy, easy antacids had the belladonna in it. Right. In the book, they talk about like blood of a bat, horse hooves, which they come to the conclusion that jello contains horse hooves. That, that right. somehow could have gotten in the machine. And it's an old building. A bat could have fallen in the machine and died. Right. So, they got a little bit of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But other than that, like, a lot of it I liked was, yeah, was Johnny's character. I like the whole dynamic between him and that picture man. The whole time I'm watching picture man, I'm just like, what is going What is with this guy?
1: Yeah,
2: I don't, like, that's what,
0: still,
2: I don't. It's still a mystery. Until well. there's that
0: little. Um, well, I liked the little scene between him and Johnny They're They meet on the stairs and they're
1: talking. Yeah.
0: And then all of a sudden the picture man's like, I feel like you don't like me anymore right and johnny's like no it's my job i don't like anymore and right. he kind of just and then they talk and he says something about how he's dying picture man's yeah. dying he doesn't have much time left right and then at one point he runs into him being wheeled out and he says i have something for you and then he dies And it was kind of sad right but i still didn't i was still trying to figure him out yeah the whole time i was watching him i feel like he knew i mean obviously he knew something we figured out later but The whole time i'm watching him take these pictures and he's talking and he's saying some things i'm just like i feel like he knows more than he's letting on right like there was a lot more he knew and then you find out later yeah he had the clippings he figured out Mm -hmm. you know what was happening was people were being sacrificed to this machine on their 16th birthday right and that garley was behind it Mm -hmm. so but yeah, but up until then I was just like why? Well, I, I didn't understand because he has really no part in the book at all. Nothing. no No. Like he's not really a big character in it.
1: No.
0: So, I was just trying to figure him out. But I did like that little little ditty between them when he yeah. finds out he's dying and then he meets up with him and actually sees him die was kind of hard on him. Yeah. On his on Officer Hutton. So, I like that little dynamic. Some of those little things are things I like in movies. Like I said, like that yeah. just that little scene with the dog was kind of like little. Like I, I try. I sometimes, not always, notice those little things. Where I'm just like, I kind of like that. Yeah. Or just like a lot of the shots of the mangler were like very like I'm going to show you how big this machine is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know you're going to be afraid of it. And I was like, yeah, well, I was. I would not work in an, an industrial job probably ever.
1: No,
2: there are no things. I'm good. Yeah, they're, they can be very dangerous, <laughs> so.
0: I, yeah, it seems that I see that. I mean, mm-hmm. my grandma, my grandmother worked in the mills. That's why she came yeah. over Portugal, or not Portugal, Azores Islands, actually. Yeah. Was to go work in the mills in Lowell, Mass. So that's the first thing I actually thought of. So I was like, Oh, it's like those stories my mom told me about her, her mother. Yeah. Working in the mills that they got transplanted to Lowell, Mass. Mm-hmm. specifically the women to work in those. Right. And then I'm watching this. I'm like, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of jobs like that. At least, I mean, I don't know if they still happen now, but.
1: Well, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, there's you know. a lot
0: of jobs like that back then. Yeah. Probably. I mean, there's a lot of jobs that are, you know, like I work in a childcare center and they would, um, it's all women. Not because yeah. they don't hire men. It's just apparently no man is um, uh, sent in an application to work there possibly but it's all it's all women all of us teachers so because i worked in another one that there was another uh, two guys that worked there so. yeah but i'm just saying it's so weird some of these jobs are like yeah yeah you said the laundry yeah that's women we do the laundry i don't do yeah. it very well though i like folding it i hate washing it and drying it sure but i'll fold it all day long yeah do you do the laundry
2: uh, normally, yeah. uh, normally, yes. Uh, however, um, since I moved here to Missouri, we don't actually have laundry on site. Um, and so, uh, oh, my girlfriend, that's... my girlfriend tends to do it now. She, because she drives, I don't drive. So she takes it to the laundromat. Mm. Um, so no, but, uh, in the, in the past, no, I, I didn't, okay. in the <laughs> past, uh, I, I don't mind doing laundry. If, uh, if I had, access to uh, access to it, I would be doing it. But I don't have it. So.
0: I I admit I hate dishes. I hate dishes. I hate doing the dishes. Yeah. If I don't have a dishwasher, I hate it. I'm the kind of person who'd rather throw away all my dishes and buy a new set. I can't stand washing them. I yeah. do it. I hate I, it. Sure. Absolutely hate it. I have to have a dishwasher. Yeah. So when my daughter gets old enough, She's going to learn how to load, <laughs> unload a dishwasher mm-hmm. so she can do it. Right. So that'd be great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about? I kind of talked about all my stuff. I just like, I really enjoyed Robert England yeah. in this. Like I said, he's, you said, he's a ham. I think he's a good actor. I think yeah. he plays these parts very well and probably the most believable. Yeah. Like I really can't see anyone else playing Freddy. Like he just, he does it so so well wow. and he's such an icon like yeah just love to meet him someday that would be great and he just he would say like i really like to speech about power i even the to believe that it's like my power has nothing to do with money yeah like, my power is nothing to do with money power is energy power is motivation power is what holds things together when things would rather fly apart right and he's getting right up in johnny's the whole time
1: yeah
0: and then he's like there's a little bit of me in that machine and that whole speech he's talking like soothe like in the whole speech when he's talking to the foreman because the foreman's like we have to stop the machine and he's just like nah. yeah you know and that's when he says like sacrifices we all have to make them right like he didn't have a very big part in this movie i would definitely say mark the character of mark and john he had a, the bigger parts right but I still think every scene robert comes in skills your eyes like you just you can't help but fixate on robert england whenever he's in a scene right I mean, he can say nothing and you're still watching him yeah because he is just so i just think he's that good sure that you're just like the man doesn't have to say anything but i'm still watching him over the other actors who's actually speaking yeah nothing as the other actors are great like i said I'm like everyone that was Sherry, but right that was it the rest of them like they're good actors it's just something about robert and he just is brilliant right i don't know if there's any other word to say just a brilliant actor Just so good did he ever do theater i forgot to look that up was he a theater actor first
2: i think he just probably
0: strictly was. movies
2: i think he was um but yeah he i don't know for sure but
0: yeah i didn't i just i yeah i, did, I forgot to look that up i knew that like Barbara Cranton and Jeffrey Combs were first theater people. So yeah. especially Barbara, cause she's from Vermont. So right. I'm going to know. I actually know the college she went to, too. Castleton. It's one of the state colleges that I could have gone to. And I said, nah, too far of a drive. Yeah. Not, I hate driving in the winter. I'll admit it. I hate it. I do it. I hate it.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, I was going was there anything else you wanted to?
1: No, I think we covered about? it. But I pretty
0: much hit all my- yeah. I mean, I think it doesn't, you know, like I said, a lot of the the biggest, like I said, the biggest mental health or anything was really Sherry's character, I think. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: even Ted Levine, his wife dies, he doesn't really talk about her. It doesn't no. really seem to be much like, not that he doesn't miss her. He obviously misses his wife, but right. they don't really focus on that or even have like conversations about it. No, it's just like his wife is dead. Okay, You know, there it is right but sherry was very like i said it was like right after mrs frawley she just went yeah like i said like hysterical she was just anxious all the time and that guilt was killing her and it's just she was probably the one i think had the most mental health sure going on Mm -hmm. though i do think johnny i think johnny was was supposed to be implied that he's an alcoholic
2: yeah i think about it yeah he's a down and out yeah
0: yeah
1: PTSD. definitely yeah
0: probably yeah i'm wondering if something yeah happened because they didn't mention it in the book because his wife and child was alive in the book so right. but yeah no that's pretty much what i wanted to talk about because like i said i just i like this movie i i like that we're focusing on that's like robert england movies that are not nightmare on elm street like i said not he's not bad he's amazing in those movies But i just think that there's more movies out there with robert england in them that he does yep. just as good a job if not better than he's just freddy's his iconic character right but he does so much more mm-hmm. so i'm kind of excited that we're doing this for this month so yay yay robert england if you mm-hmm. ever want to listen to me i love you too i'd like to meet him too that'd be great yeah one of these days so yeah if there was nothing else you wanted to to say i'll probably think of something after we're done recording be like <sighs> oh crap i should have said that yep You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) every single time we're done recording, I'm like, Sarah, you forgot like five things. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I take notes and I still don't read them half the time. So, all right. Well, I will wrap this up. And again, I have to thank everyone for listening to us today. Again, happy new year. Mm -hmm. Happy to 2021. Hopefully good things to come. Good karma. Horror cons can start opening back up and maybe. Yes i'll get to some of them Mm -hmm. i am your, i um yeah i've actually never been to one so just throwing it out there i haven't so again this is sinful sarah's horror menagerie i am your host sarah sin with my partner in crime nathaniel thanks everybody (laughs) hope you enjoyed the show and again i like to remind everyone that there's a horror movie out there for everyone to enjoy thank you bye